It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 14th of November. Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. Is it working or not? And how the numbers might lie. What is possibly going on in Golden State? How significant an issue is it? We'll break that down. Plus, the Houston-Denver game jumped out a little bit last night and some other interesting quotes from Marcus Smart in Boston. It's all coming up. Oh, yeah, and we play the Mavericks today on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. So glad to be with you today. Thank you very much for tuning in to today's program. Uh, it is your daily program on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers on the Utah Jazz. We try to bring it to you in under 30 minutes, so it's daily and digestible and bite-sized there for you each and every day on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, or whatever podcast you use. You can tell your smart speaker to play podcast, Locked on Jazz. All right, so I want to get right into this one today. Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by The Store and Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. So there's a little discussion, uh, and I was a part of it, on the Jazz with Derek Favors versus the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. It's pretty interesting. So if you just go and do the first level search, and I mentioned this the other night, and I tweeted it the other night, and did it really quickly, and Rudy Gobert was in foul trouble, and so I jumped on it, and it's like, how have we done without Rudy? And it was like, oh my gosh, what has happened? We're minus 20 per 100 possessions when we have... Rudy Gobert on the, or Derek Favors on the floor without Rudy Gobert. Like, ah, it's a disaster. Plus, early in the year, the Favors-Gobert combination wasn't working at all. And so, last night I sat down a little concerned, thinking I was going to find that only lineup that was working was the Jay Crowder Rudy Gobert lineup. And uh, here's what I actually discovered. So the Jay Crowder, Rudy Gobert lineup is awesome. Okay, so that's, that's, that's truthful. But you look at it, and on paper, the Favors-Gobert matchup together have played 130 minutes, and they're plus one. Their offensive ratings are 104.6, so league average I think right now is about a 107, and their defensive rating is a 103.6. So they're not nearly as dominant defensively as they were have been over the last two years when Favors and Gobert are on the floor together. But and their offense is not quite as good, but their offense has actually never uh, been particularly good. If you look back at the 17-18 numbers on. Last year, when Favors and Gobert figured it out together, the offensive number was still below average. The defensive number was awesome. So thus far this year, 
uh, last year it was 103.5 offense, defense 95.0. So what's interesting there, by the way, is that the offense is virtually the, is about the exact same. It's up one point, which is about the league average, and the defense isn't been as good. But if you dig in a little bit and you look at the games in which Donovan Mitchell didn't play, it's not a lot. It's 27 minutes, though, and all of a sudden the defensive rating goes to a 116.7. And the offensive rating goes to a 95.3. All right, well, wait a sec. That That's, you know, if we're without Donovan, we're going to struggle. So now you go to the 103 minutes, and certainly a small sample size still with all of these at 14 games into the season, or 13 games. But Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, with Donovan Mitchell on the floor, in 103 minutes are a plus 7.3, and the defensive rating suddenly goes down to a 99.5. Well, that is a totally different ballgame. So now all of a sudden, the starting lineup of the Utah Jazz has a 99.5 defensive rating and is going to, and plus the fact that the Jazz have played, you know, the Rockets, the Timberwolves, the Warriors. They played some pretty good offense teams. Memphis is not a great offense team. They played them three times, so it kind of goes both ways. But Denver, um, if you look at the top offensive teams in the NBA right now, uh, the Jazz have played a, a good chunk of those teams. And so I think, and I totally believe that as the season goes on, the Jazz defense begins to click in and have an impact that's greater than it does at the beginning of the year. It defies logic a little bit. Um, offenses usually get better as the seasons go on, but in this case, I have a feeling that um, it's the other way around a little bit, uh, that the Jazz defense gets better as the year goes on. I, I don't know if that's entirely true, but it's the way it feels. Um, and, you know, sample size can be skewed pretty badly. Right now, the Jazz have played a game against the number one offensive team, the number three offensive team, the number five offensive team, the number nine offensive team, the number 13 offensive team, the number 15 offensive team, and they're early going. Dallas is 18. Now, Memphis we've gotten three times, uh, and they're 24th. So, you know, it probably evens out, but it does feel like we've played a little bit more offensive-based teams. Um, so the core point of this is here all of a sudden you dig in and the favors go bear combination is actually fine. I thought this, I think this is really important. I thought you looked at the numbers plus one and they've just barely gotten there recently that you're starting the line, starting line wasn't working again, that it was, you know, and I had said it earlier, it wasn't working. Uh, I assume they'd figure it out, but it's really re- refreshing and you know you got to sometimes dig a little deeper into the numbers to figure out what's going on there okay Gobert without favors is incredible 309 minutes plus 11 uh Gobert with Crowder's 269 of those minutes so four and the defensive ratings are 101.8 and um they're plus 11 so here, all of a sudden, if you think about our night, we open the night for six minutes with Favors and Gobert. Rudy and Crowder generally play another 24 minutes together. So for the first 12 minutes, our defensive rating's a 99.5. Our second 24-minute 
sequence of guys right now. Our defensive rating is about a 101.8. And now we have 12 minutes of defense left to play. Um, and with favors without Gobert, our defensive rating right now is a 111.0. All right, so that's that's a little bit of a problem. But if it's got Crowder there, it drops to 106.9, which, you know what? If you kind of go back to last year, is about where we sat and we're pretty darn good last year. That if when Derek Favors is on the court and Rudy Gobert was off the court last year, in the 17-18 season, our defense was not elite. It was a 104.5. It was better than average, but it was not elite. So far this year, it's worse than average. So we got to figure that out. And as the year goes on, I assume we will. F- favors without Donovan and no Gobert. It's been 63 minutes. It's been 108.0. With Donovan, the defense is a little better at 105.8. And then, interestingly, favors with Donovan and with Ingles. Now the defense gets good again. So somewhere in the combination of players with favors right now, the defense is not as good. Now, what's troublesome, if you just look at the numbers on surface, is this is where you've got to dig a little deeper on some of the numbers, is how horrendous the offense is when Gobert leaves the floor. The offensive rating with Favors and Alcobert is a 90.4. With Crowder and Favors, it's a 91.2. With Favors, no Crowder, no Gobert, so playing with George Niang or uh, Tabo, but really George, 82.5. Favors without Donovan and no Gobert, 96.4. Terrible. Why? And how concerning in this? Well, this is where you can start to make a bunch of judgments right now if you want to. But you're better off taking a second instead of doing a 240 character, which I have done here, by the way, um, character, and look at it. The Favors offense, with Favors on and Gobert off, we are 22 of 98 from three. 22%. That is just unlucky. Some of it's probably some of the guys, but it's not Favors taking a corner three because he's in at center. And frankly, Favors has hit 6 of 10. But that group is not shooting. On corner threes, with Favors on and Gobert off, we're 5 of 35 on corner threes. But what's more important than the 5 of 35 is the 35. 13.3% of all shots we're getting when Favors is on, Gobert is off, are corner threes. You're going to be fine eventually. I mean, if you got guys who just can't make shots, then you're screwed. It doesn't matter what you do. 98% of our shot, or 98 of our 262 shots when Favors is on the floor without Gobert are threes. So the shot distribution with Favors in the game without Gobert is 100% as awesome as the shot distribution is with just Gobert. We're taking 39.7% of our shots at the rim. We're only making 52% of those. That's unnatural. That will get better. We're taking 37% of our shots from three, and we're only making 22% of those. That will get better. League average is 35%. So the offensive numbers, 
that are really the numbers that are making the favors lineups look so bad are unnaturally low. Now, on the defensive end, there's some things that jump out, and we'll talk about those in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by the store, 6200 South and 20th East. The Thanksgiving season is coming, and the store is sending, is got the Destel Turkey uh, that are just incredible for you. Uh, they're taking orders now. I think you would probably like to get those. Um, they are... As I said, they are absolutely fabulous. Um, the pricing is good. They're all the correct check the boxes on hormones and how they're farmed and environmentally conscious and good for you. Of course, because it's the store. Getting the highest quality local food for you. Their meat section's amazing. Uh, they did, went and did a huge taste test on... Uh, what types of meat to get? It's kind of detail they go to. They're not just taking whatever, oh, well, we should just get this because this person says we should take it. No, Jeff and Scott and Amy are going out and they're tasting everything and they're going to show, shows and they're finding what makes the store unique. You can feel it when you're there. At 6200 South and 20th East, you can feel that local touch of the store. And... The June pies come on Friday. Get your Thanksgiving orders in. And you know what I'm going to tell you. Mud slide cookies every single day. Make sure you go try that mud slide cookie. It's the best cookie I ever did have. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so on the defensive end, and of course I have just lost internet here at the hotel, which means I um, can't pull this up. There are two things going on on the defensive. I couldn't get all the numbers that I want. The defensive numbers with favors at center are a little more, uh uh-oh, these could have something to it. One is that with Gobert off the floor, for whatever reason, we're fouling at three times the rate of what we are when Gobert's on the floor. So whatever that second group is or whoever Derek's playing with or Derek, we're fouling at three times the rate. Uh, Three-point shooting is not dramatically different right now. So that's not as... it's. I expected that I would see something where the three-point shooting was shooting at 
you know, 45% or something, and you knew that was going to come down, and, and then that would equalize out and make it so that the Jazz, that you knew that Derek's defense would come back around. That was, that was not the case. Um, the shooting numbers... Um, are are kind of they're actually when Favors is on the floor and Gobert is off, the opponent's effective field goal percentage is actually lower than it is with Gobert on the floor. But the defensive rebounding is about is allowing about two times more offensive rebounding, and we're fouling at a three times the rate. That seems high. And would probably come down a little bit. And if that's the case, then that number, um, then that group gets better just by definition. Um, and so that that's a little, I'm not, I'm totally convinced that the offensive numbers with favors at center and Gobert off the floor for those other 12 minutes will perk back up. Whether the defensive numbers will get there or not, I don't know. But frankly, we didn't, they weren't, the point of this is, they weren't great last year. They were just above average because in the 12 minutes with Gobert and Favors, if we're really back at 99.5 type levels and we can be at 101.8 in the 24 minutes Gobert plays with Crowder, then we just got to find 12 minutes of defense that's better than average and in that 103-104 range and we'll be elite defensively again. Uh, I was talking to Quinn about this yesterday. He's very... Very pleased with how the defense has played most recently. So, uh, pro- really good signs. I, I was—I honestly did not think I was going to find as encouraging news when I did this research project. So, really, to me, the takeaways—and I know there are a lot of numbers there—and I, I think this. My point here is is threefold. One, be a little careful, including myself, when we're just tweeting out numbers. Um, about plus, you know, there's always kind of a secondary story you got to dig in. And the secondary story is that Favors and Gobert are fine as long as Donovan plays with them. Makes a lot of sense. And then two, Gobert and Crowder and that second unit are amazing. Gobert's just amazing. And three, we've had an unnaturally poor shooting with Derek Favors on the floor as the center, it's also probably leading to not as good defensive numbers. Like, that all builds together. So, interesting there. Um, Golden State. This is real. Uh, if you listen to my Lockdown NBA interview with Sam Amick uh, two weeks ago, we kind of brought this up. Uh, I have been hearing that there has just been an incredible amount of rumbling in Golden State. The quotes by Sean Livingston and David West that I tweeted out last night from the celebration in the midst of the celebration last year. Both of them are like, you have no idea what we've been through. Durant has never been collectively a part of this strength in numbers Warriors concept the way Draymond Clay and Steph have been. Draymond Clay and Steph, from what I understand, we're, have always been a part of, you know, hey, collect strength in numbers, whole group, all of that. Durant is, that's not Durant. And that has been a real issue. It's rubbed a lot of people wrong. Steph was on a mission to kind of reestablish himself as the kingpin on that team. Um, 
But Steph does it in such a calm and fabulous manner, and Draymond doesn't. And Steph suddenly wasn't there to calm anyone down in L.A., and Draymond went off. Now, what's fascinating, and the, so, that, so the issue is real. Now, is it derail them? Are they so damn good it doesn't matter? We'll see. Um, what is fascinating is what the management did. Is that the management very easily could have had Draymond Green is resting today, not coming to the arena, and has been fined for his outbursts yesterday. They didn't do that. They suspended him, publicly humiliated him, docked him $120,000, and he couldn't come to the arena last night. That is a considerably bigger move and a huge statement. So the, the Steve Kerr and Bob Myers just put their stake down on Duran Island. And... Draymond, who has been the heart and soul of this team, may not, I don't know. I don't know what Draymond's going to do. I would assume also, though, that Steph and Clay were consulted. Maybe not. Maybe Steph and Clay were not consulted. But this, what just happened in Golden State is real and meaningful. Um, and not, you know, some media blow up sensationalism 24 hour news cycle. And the Warriors react, the Warriors front office reaction to it is an enormous part of the story that they suspended Draymond Green instead of having him become, you know, basically cover for him. He's won championships for him. But clearly, either they're fed up with it or they're trying to protect Durant. And clearly, some collection of players on that roster are tired of Durant's shenanigans and his self-promotion all about Durant. I've got stories. I didn't make it up when I was on Lockdown NBA. Every now and then I know something. I believe I spent about six months going on talk radio talking about when Kyrie wants to be traded. So I will tell you on this one that maybe that what I'm telling you is accurate. And that's a big, big story taking place in Golden State. Does it derail them? I don't know because they didn't they were playing great earlier this year and they were and what my understanding basically was was they weren't getting along. But even though they weren't getting along, Clay or Steph had kind of decided, I'm going to go win the MVP, and Draymond was going to go win the Defensive Player of the Year. And it was almost as though they were playing, not getting along in spite of each other or to spite each other. Like, I mean, just really kind of a funky, funky atmosphere for them to be in. But it was working, and that's not uncommon in this league. So will, that, will this derail them? I don't know. But the fact that it just became so public and it was just a murmur before and it went old faithful the other night is a big issue. Uh, we'll see what happens. Today's show is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Devin's been with us from the B. 
beginning. Uh, and Devin really loves to be a real estate agent in the art and the home and the mind of like a teacher. Uh, that's what makes Devin so special. Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate comes into the approaches it with the heart and mind of a teacher. What's been really rewarding for us, uh, and hopefully you feel the same way if you go to Murdoch Hyundai or you go to Grip Six, is whenever we have somebody who fulfills the desires of our listeners, the stories back that we've received from various people of working with Devin have all been top-notch, 100% experiences, and that's what makes that what makes it so rewarding, frankly, for me to connect people uh, with it. My most rewarding is that Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate and Intercap Lending combined on a deal recently. It's like, that is so totally awesome. Um, but so Devin Cash really is out there. He's going to do a few things for you. If you want a market analysis done, Devin Cash can do that for you. Uh, he'll give you a market analysis. One area Devin talks about is people do not have a full understanding of what it takes to get into a house. I think most people, Devin's point is that most people think it's probably a million times harder than it actually is. So let him sit down with you and show you what can be done and um, how you can and get into a house and what the possibilities for you are. Devin will do that for you. It's all from Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Give him a call. At 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate, 801-759-1495. 14's a great quarterback. 95's Richard Dent. I don't know how you remember numbers. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right, I want to jump on a few things from last night. Um, Denver's lost a few in a row all of a sudden at home. Um, they were really, really, really rolling. Earlier this year, um, the defense was great. Their offense was rolling. And then Jamal Murray dropped 50. Like, I almost wonder if the Jamal Murray 50 disrupted the rightful order of the basketball universe. This is what Boston's going through also. You, You have to know what the pecking order is what the, whose turn it is, what the goal of each possession is, 
whose team it is. That's the little concern about Jimmy Butler in Philadelphia. You need to know those things. And Denver has got so many young guys, so many great players, but you have these weird nights where, like, Jokic takes one shot. Last night, you also should... So, for example, if we're talking Denver... If we're doing Denver, when we when I go to the box score right now, I sh- you should be able to tell me what order shot. So the Jazz, it should be, if we have it the right night, Donovan 1, Rudy or Joe 2-3, Crowder probably 4, favors Rubio 5-6. And if that's, that should be the order of shots. So Houston, last night, it's going to be Harden 1, Chris Paul 2, Clint Capella 3, Eric Gordon, if he's at all healthy, four. P.J. Tucker, five. So let's look and see. We've got James Harden, one. Clint Capella, two. Chris Paul, three. Eric Gordon, four. P.J. Tucker, James Ennis tied, five, six. Okay, like they, they have the rightful order of the basketball universe going on there. I don't know when I look at the Nuggets, as good as they are, what my order is going to be. I mean, I would presume it should be Jokic, one. Harris, two. Murray three, Millsap four, and that's it, right? To me, that's that's what the answer should be on them. Now let's look. I have not done this yet. Last night was Jokic one, Harris two, Murray three. That's good. Morris four. That's not good. Millsap five. Not terribly off. Um, They shot 50% from the field and 44% from three, and they lost? How's that possible? Because Houston shot 55% and 35% from three and just took more threes? Huh. The other one was Denver seemingly was playing with what felt like fool's gold level of defense, right? Um, that They were number three or four in the league defensively. They were great against us, but we were tired. Um, and I don't know if it can hold. Denver's interesting. The West is interesting right now. Uh, Houston might have clicked back in. Denver's defense in their last five games... A 110 against Boston, they won. A 97.8 against Memphis, but they lost. A 110 against Brooklyn, they lost. A 123 against Milwaukee and a 120 last night. So they've lost four in a row. Worth looking back, their wins are against the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors was a great one, Sacramento, Pelicans without AD, the Bulls, the Cavaliers, they waxed us when we were, and they beat Boston. Their losses right now are the Lakers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee, and Houston. So they're losing to pretty good teams. It's important if you lose, you lose to good teams. I don't know. Keep an eye on Denver. Marcus Smart, really interesting question. The guys have to start playing hard for Brad Stevens. The flip side of that comment is that people are not playing hard for Brad Stevens. 
Therefore, Marcus Smart has said that. To me, that jumps out strangely and makes you wonder a little bit of what's going on in Boston. But I think they have no rightful order of the basketball universe. Kyrie's won, but I wonder even then whether Tatum and Brown are willing to do that. And then who is 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and are those players willing to be 2, 3, 4, 5, 6? Rightful order of the basketball universe matters. It's what's worth watch. Philadelphia will be fine about it for a while, but let's see what happens as time continues on that. That is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Hope you have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in. See you soon. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.